turning to the book of John. I got to get going. I done had three people tell me not to preach too long. We got to rock and roll here. No, I know y'all just mean it in love, and I want y'all to know I love y'all too, more than y'all know. But I ain't here to tell you how much I love you. I'm here to give you some of God's words. So let's get to the book of John, and uh, I'm I'm excited. I want to I want to share with you what the Lord shared with me. You know, sometimes shoot, I'm I'm a young preacher, but I've learned that there's sometimes you get up here and you're excited about some messages more than you are other messages. And I'm excited about this one. So I I know it's for somebody. We're going to go all the way to the back in chapter 21. John chapter 21. And y'all go and stand with me. We're going to start in verse 15. Read a couple verses here. John 15 or 2115. We should be real familiar with this stuff. Brother Rick just got through teaching out of it. It says, So when they had dined, Jesus saith unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith unto him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things, thou knowest I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by the death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. Y'all may be seated. Lord, thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for what I can already feel. Thank you for the good song that come before Lord, touch my heart, and Lord, I thank you for waking me up the other morning with this message on my heart. Lord, I know it's for somebody, and if it's not for anybody, it's already helped me, so Lord, that's good enough, because Lord, that's, uh, your word will always accomplish something, so I pray that it accomplishes something here tonight, and Lord, you've gave me enough through this already to preach three sermons, Lord, but I think they can only handle one tonight, Lord, so help me to get my thoughts out of the way and just, Lord, just bring up back to my remembrance, Lord, the things that you once said tonight, Lord, not what I once said tonight. So we look to you for all things, knowing, Lord, that we can't do anything without your spirit, Lord, your spirit that is alive and with us, Lord, and can come and go as fast as it wants to, and we just want to invite the Holy Spirit in tonight to be with us and open up our hearts. Thank you, Lord. We look to your word tonight. In Jesus' name. I pray, amen. 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 We start with a question here. A question, I've not really saw it like this before. Like many of you, I've read this time and time again. So the question that jumps out in my head is right there in the first 15 when he says, Lovest thou me more than these? Lovest thou me more than these? And the question is, what are... What is these, right? What is these? That's, that's the only time he says that. The other two times he says, Lovest thou me more than... But this time he says, More than these. 
Let me paint the picture just a little bit and refresh in our memories, even though Brother Rick just taught on this. But this is the time when Peter had gone astray. This is the time where Jesus had left the world, and this is the time where Peter was, uh, he had lost hope. Peter had, had, had kind of gone back away from these promises that he had made the Lord. You know, and when and Jesus come to them and he was on the shore, this is the, this is the chapter where Peter jumped in the water and swam towards Jesus. He was excited. He was excited to see Jesus. You know, sometimes you don't appreciate what you have until you don't have it anymore. So that's what Peter's feeling right now is he's been, he's beat down, destroyed. Satan has been whooping up on him pretty bad. And, and now he finally knows it's Jesus. That's the one he's been looking for. He's within eyesight and he takes off to him as fast as he can. So that's where we're at right here with, with Peter. But what I want to show you that this time, this encounter, this is the second most important day of Peter's life right here. I believe that with all my heart. The first most important day of Peter's life is when he got saved. But this day is the day that Peter saw the light. This day is the day that changed Peter's life forever. See, I, I need you to understand that Peter was a saved man already at this point. Peter was a man that has already experienced the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost has already entered into this world. He's a saved man. He saw Jesus do miracles. He saw the Holy Spirit come in and do miracles. Yet, here he is out on a fishing boat fishing, not doing what the Lord has called him to do. Satan has whooped up on him and he knows it. He knows it. He knows he didn't have enough inside his heart in order to follow the Lord like the Lord wanted him to follow him. I'm telling you, there's some of us here tonight that has not saw the light like I'm talking about tonight. Like Peter saw the light tonight. We need to hear this message, Christians, because there's a difference between seeing the light when you get saved and seeing the light the way Jesus wants you to see the light as a Christian. Okay, We need to first understand that. But see, what has happened here is Simon has gone away and, and he has strayed. I can tell you, I go back to Matthew 26 if you want to look at it, but Jesus predicted this day. This is an important day. Jesus told Simon Peter that this day would come when he would be offended, that Peter would be offended by Jesus. And you can see by the way that Peter's acting here when Jesus was saying, do you love me? And he says, yes, Lord, I love you. He got offended. And he says that if you go back to Matthew 26, it says that the sheep would be scattered. Well, that's what's going on right here is the sheep were scattered. There were seven of the disciples, instead of in the city winning people to the Lord, they were out on a fishing boat living for themselves. They were scattered away from the Lord is what's going on here. And Jesus predicted every single bit of it. Now, I'm trying to paint a picture and get you to where I'm going. I need to tell you one more thing here for you to fully get this vision in your head. Because the first thing, it always stuck out to me, and it should you too, that the first time... He said, feed my lambs. He didn't say feed my sheep until the second and third day. Feed my lambs. Well, what does that mean? Well, if you look at a lamb, I've always thought of that. Well, he's talking about feed the little children and feed the middle-aged people and then feed the old people. That's what I've always thought. But the Lord showed me something a little bit different here. If you look at the lifespan of a sheep, it's usually about 10 to 12 years old, usually around 10 years old. And what, what they would consider as a lamb is, is something that's about one to two years old because that's the point when they can actually start reproducing and they can actually, they're an adult where they can actually give back to the world and they can have babies. 
So if you compare that to our age as, as humans, what this means is Jesus is calling anybody a lamb from the time that they're born all the way up to the time in their early 20s. I believe that with all my heart that that's what he is sitting here telling him is he said, I want you to feed my lambs. And he's talking about the young people, not just any young people, but he's talking about the people that's out on the boat with him. Because I want you to see that Jesus calls young people. That's what Jesus likes to do. That's what he did when he was here. He liked to call young people. And there's a reason for that. Why is that? Well, first, let me show you what I mean. If you ever notice when you're looking in here, when Jesus talks to the disciples, a lot of times he calls them children. He calls them little children. He calls them right here, actually, he does right here in this chapter. It says in verse 5, Then Jesus saith unto him, Children, have ye any meat? He's talking to grown men, disciples out there fishing, fishermen, yet he calls them children. Well, why is that? Because in Jesus' eyes, they are children. Jesus started his ministry when he was 30 years old, and he was calling all these other disciples children. That means they were younger than he was. Not just that, but the oldest one out of all of them was probably Peter. He was old enough to have a wife, and he had just recently got a wife, so he was probably in his early 20s, and Peter was the oldest one out of all of them because they all kind of looked up to him. That means that most of the disciples were probably in their late teens to their early 20s. Why does this matter? Because God wants you to know that He wants to use young people. He don't want to wait till you get old and then use you because that's the mentality that we have now. You don't believe me? Look and see who Jesus is still calling today. Jesus is still calling young people to His service. Look at, look at who's up here playing the guitar. You got Brother Eli. Look who's coming up here singing the songs. You got, you got Sister uh, Emma. You've got Daphne. You've got Memphis. You've got a lot of young people and God touches their hearts and uses them. Look who you've got playing the piano. Sister Diane. You like that, right? I knew you'd like that. Young people, that's who like God likes to use. But you got to see that young people is the reason God likes to call them is because they've got some energy about them. They've got some fire about them. They're out there amongst the people where God can use them, not feeling sorry for themselves, sorry people, about their aches and their pains and all the other stuff that's going on with them and staying at the house. They're out there and they're alive and they're ready to serve. There's somebody here tonight that God is calling to you and He wants you to be able to see the light. James and John, they were young enough that they was out fishing with their daddy on their fishing boat. That's how young they were. And He called them when they was that young. All these people were young. The disciples were young. Where am I going with this? The reason He says feed the lambs is He's talking about the first thing that Jesus wants you to understand through this message. When he's saying, lovest thou me more than these, the first thing that I think of when I say these, he's talking about the other disciples, right? He's talking about the other people, right? He's talking about the herd is who he's talking about. He's talking about sheep, right? Feed my sheep. He's talking about, do you love me more than you love the herd? Jesus is teaching him something right here. This is, a, this is a come to Jesus meeting right here that Peter's having. And Jesus is always teaching him something. And he's saying, in order for you to follow me, in order for you to not get whooped by the devil, in order for you to see the light, the first thing you're going to have to understand is you're going to have to follow me instead of follow the herd. Because what Peter was doing is he was following the herd. He was out there with his other buddies. He was out there, he was looking to other men and seeing how other men were living. And what they were doing at that time is they was going out and fishing. They was going out and earning their living. That's what it meant to be a man. 
But see, the problem is, is he's saying that you can't look to, uh, don't ever compare yourself to somebody else. Because if you do that, then you're always going to come up short of wherever they're at. You need to compare yourself to God's Word and what He wants you to be. That's why God tells you to be perfect. You've got to compare yourself to something, a high standard. God believes in high standards. Here's what I mean. You cannot depend on the herd because if you depend on your friends, they will let you down. If you depend on your mom, she will let you down. If you depend on your dad, he will let you down. Jesus Christ will never, ever, ever let you down with anything in your life. You've got a problem? He wants you to bring your problem to him first, not to somebody else first. You need to remember that. We need to, that's how you show him that you love him more than you love the herd. Who are you taking your problems to first? That's a good sign. Your friends will lead you astray because, see, with your friends, you never know what you're going to get. See, we've all got a good side to us and we've got a bad side to us. I believe with all my heart that you've got a potential to be a whole lot worse person inside you than you are right now. All these people that's out there you're reading about in the paper and on drugs and done all these awful things, that could be you with a few other decisions that you made in your life and without God's grace applied to your life. So don't think you're any better than them. You're just another sheep like they are. Let me show you what I mean. He's trying to point you to something. He's saying, feed my lambs. Don't listen to the other disciples. Don't listen to the herd. Don't listen to the family. Don't listen to the other men. Listen to me. Because he's saying, this is where you're going to get. Go back and look at verse 2. He says, there were together Simon Peter. See, Simon's got two sides to him also. Simon's got two sides to him also. You could be be the Simon that... uh, The Simon that... uh, was sinning Simon. Let's call him sinning Simon. You could be the Simon that turned down the Lord, that denied him three times. See, Simon was that person at some times in his life, but he also had another side of him also. See, we could, he could be either sinning Simon or he could be Pentecost Peter. You know that same sinning Simon that denied the Lord is the same day that was there and preached the message. Y'all think Brother Rich can preach the message. Peter got out of there. He preached a message and 3,000 people got saved that day. That's preaching. That's the Holy Spirit working through somebody right there. That's the same guy that looked at Jesus in his face and said, I don't know that man. We've all got two different sides to us. See, there were seven of them out there fishing. He named five of them. He's trying to get your attention to look at them. We'll see what else he says here. The second one was Thomas, called Didymus. See, you could be... Now, what do you think of when I say Thomas? We think of doubting Thomas, right? See, you could be doubting Thomas, or you could be dying Thomas. See, the dying Thomas, if you go back and you want to look at when Lazarus was being raised from the dead and they were saying, we got to go see this guy. And Jesus tarried and he waited. And they said, Jesus, you don't want to go in there because they just kicked you out of this city. They're getting ready to... If you go back there, they'll stone you. They'll kill you. You will die if you go back in that city. And Jesus said, well, let's go. I'm going anyways. And you know what Thomas said? You know what doubting Thomas says? He said, let's go and die with him. See, that was Thomas at his best. We think of Thomas at his worst. You've got a best and you've got a worst too. You get to decide which one that you want to be. Let's keep looking at another disciple. I see Nathaniel. Nathaniel, which is also known as Bartholomew. If you want to go back and you want to look at that in John chapter 1, you'll see that Nathaniel, when they come and they said, we found the Master, we found Jesus Christ, you've got to come with us. You know what the first thing Nathaniel says? He said, nothing good come out of Nazareth. 
Nothing good come from that area. He was trying to be funny. He was, so you could be negative, Nathaniel. You could be negative, Nathaniel, or you could be kneeling, Nathaniel. So kneeling, Nathaniel, right after that, right after he said nothing good could come out of, Je- come out of Nazareth, then Nathaniel met Jesus, and Jesus says, Ah, I know you. You're the one that was kneeling underneath that tree. I remember you. See, Nathaniel was looking all big and bad in front of all his buddies, but Jesus knew his heart. Jesus knew that before this time period that he was kneeling down and he was ready to serve the Lord, and that's why he called him to be a disciple. See, Jesus doesn't see you the way that people see you. Jesus sees you for what you can be, not necessarily what you are at this point in your life. That's what he's trying to get you to understand, that if you put your hope in man, you don't know which one of the two you're going to get. Put your hope in the perfect man. That's the one you're supposed to be looking at. There's another one here. You see the sons of Zebedee. You could be the sons of Zebedee, which, which did a lot of good stuff. You know, they, they actually they left their family business. They left their father to go and follow Jesus Christ. Is there anybody here that would do that? If somebody was to come in and say, you know, I, I feel like you need to do this and the Holy Spirit pressed on your heart that you need to leave your family and you need to move to California and start a ministry tomorrow. Would you be willing to do that? See, Jesus knew their hearts and knew they would be willing to do that. That's the sons of Zebedee. But you could either be the sons of Zebedee or you could be the sons of thunder. See, the sons of thunder, that was another name that they had. And if you were the sons of thunder, these were the people that when a city started doing bad and they started uh, yelling at Jesus and treating him bad, they said, let's just call down fire from above earth and just strike them all down and just, just burn this whole city up. You could be either one you want to be. Don't put your faith in man is what he's pointing you to and trying to get you to understand. So if you want to see the light, you can't follow the herd. But there's something else here that he wants you to see also. See, that's what you immediately think of when you see that is, uh, do you love us thou more than these? But what if he wasn't talking about just the disciples? What if he wasn't just talking about the people? See, what had happened here is Peter got out of the boat and he swam up there to the shore. And by the time he got up to the shore, there was, Jesus already had a fire going. Jesus already had everything under control and he had, like Brother Rick said, his fish on the fire and was ready to feed Peter. He didn't need the fish that Peter was bringing in. He already had something that he was bringing to the table because this was his lesson he was giving Peter. This is his come to Jesus meeting. So what if when he said, do you love me more than these, what if he's talking about the fish? What if he's talking about, do you love me more than you love these fish? Because see, that's when Peter got excited. Remember the first time that he came to him? Peter got excited. Peter didn't really get excited about Jesus until he saw that Jesus had the power to bring all kinds of fish in his life. And his boat almost turned over because they had so much fish. Jesus didn't get it, or Peter didn't get excited here until he knew that it was Jesus and he said, cast your net over here and they caught a bunch of fish. Then he knew it was Jesus. That's what made Peter excited. If you want to see the light, then you're going to have to stop looking at worldly things to get you excited and you're going to have to start looking at Jesus to get you excited. You're going to have to start understanding that the fish that's being provided to you is not coming from the world. It's coming from Jesus Christ. That's what he's sitting here trying to show him. Is The second thing he's saying is, do you love me more than these? He's saying, do you love me more than the world? 
That's what he's saying. If you want to see the light and you want to be Pentecost, Peter, then you're going to have to deny the world and love me more than you love the world. That means you're going to have to love me more than you love your job. Where do I get that at? Well, he put that in verse, let's see, verse 1 of chapter 21. It says, After these things Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on the wise showed up. Where is that? Does anybody know where the Sea of Tiberias is? You probably don't, not real familiar with it. That's actually the Sea of Galilee. That's the same sea. Y'all have heard of that one before, right? Well, why in the world did he call it the Sea of Tiberias? The reason he called it the Sea of Tiberias is he's trying to get your attention to see that the reason they called it the Sea of Tiberias is Tiberias was the city that was on that lake, and that's where all the fishermen come, and that was the business hub of that area. That's where all the money was at. That's where everybody, that's where the world was at. If you wanted to be a big man, you wanted to be known in Tiberias. You wanted to bring your fishing vessel in Tiberias with a big load of fish so everybody knew how good you are. He's telling you that if you want to be have the successes of the world, he'll let you chase that rabbit, but you're not gonna be, you're not gonna see the light that I need you to see. It's one or the other. You can't have both. Now, if God chooses to, if you give your life to Him and He chooses to use you by letting you have some things of the world, then God bless it. He's going to get glory out of it, though. You're not going to get glory out of it. You better know that and realize that right now. Because only one person can get glory. Either God's going to get the glory or you're going to get the glory. That's what He's trying to get you to understand here is you can't have both. You can't give yourself to the world and expect God to bless you when you're not giving yourself to Him first. The way this is supposed to work, this, that's what we want to do. We want to give ourselves to the world so we can get to a point where we're financially comfortable and then allow God to bless us in that world and then we think that we're also going to be blessed spiritually. That's not how it works. You're supposed to give your life to Jesus Christ first. See, you can't, what he's trying to tell you here is you can't have two sources. You can only have one source. You can't say that I'm going to get up, oh my gosh, I've lost my job. What am I going to do? I've lost my job. This COVID thing hit. I don't have anything. If, if the world is your source, then your world just got rocked. But if the Lord is your source, then all of a sudden that's not such a big deal anymore because that He just used that job to bless you at that moment in your life. You just go back to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, you took that one away. What's next? You can only have one source if you really want to see the light and be the person that He wants you to be. John 8, 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He is the light. When you try to make the world your light, you're going to get confused. You're going to get confused. What do you mean by that? Well, I was sitting in the office the other morning and when God put this message on my heart, He was starting to develop it for me and, and there, here comes this moth flying in in the office. A moth flying in. I don't know how it got in there. I just saw a moth flying in. And this moth, he was crazy. You know how a moth is. They're flying here, flying there, bouncing into stuff, going every which way. Just You see a moth flying and it don't make no sense. It's confused, right? Well, the Lord helped me to understand a little bit that that's what we're like. That's what we're like. See, the moth was not made... The, the moth was made to be navigated by a different light than artificial light. See, what happens is when God made the moth, He made it to work in the darkness. He made it to work in the darkness of this world. 
And the way that it navigates, you, you look this up when you get home. You probably will because you don't believe me. You look this up and what, a, what, a, what they think a moth does, I don't know. I'm just reading what they, National Geographic says. They said that a moth will have to navigate itself by knowing where the moon is at. And that's how it knows how to pattern itself and knows its sense of direction. But when an artificial light comes into the mix, it don't know which way to go. Because it don't know whether to trust this light or it knows whether to trust this light. When they get around an artificial light, there's confusion, there's chaos. They don't understand what to do. That's exactly like we are. If you're putting your trust and your faith in the world instead of Jesus Christ, your life is going to be full of confusion. Because as soon as this bad thing's happened, you're like, well, I thought, I was, I thought the Lord had blessed me with this, and now He took it away. I don't understand. I'm confused. That's what the Satan wants you to see is because he wants you to look to the artificial lights of this Lord, not the light of this world. Once you get your light, your eyes focused on the right, that's what, that's what Jesus was doing is he was refocusing Peter's vision right here. He's saying you've got, you've got to stop looking at that artificial light and look at me, I'm the light. You've got to understand that. But see, it gets even better than that. See, you think of the moon... The moon actually doesn't have any light. The moon actually comes, the light that goes to the moon comes from the sun. See, the sun is not in this world anymore, and we can't see the sun, but we can see the moon in this world. We're made to operate in the darkness, so it is a reflection off the moon. That moon is like the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is what we're supposed to be looking to to guide us in this life. That is Jesus speaking to us. That is Jesus guiding us. That is Jesus directing us through all these different things of life. We've got to learn to trust and be navigated by the Holy Spirit working in our life. I'm not talking just about the Holy Spirit when you get into a good service and you get up and you shout and you feel good. The Holy Spirit is a whole lot bigger than that. The Holy Spirit can be a part of your everyday life. The Holy Spirit can work through your, your work life. He can work through your marriage life. He can work through any kind of part of your life. He will guide you. He will bring you peace in moments to let you know that you're on the right track and you're being navigated correctly. See, it, it makes so much sense because if you look at the moon and compare it to the Holy Spirit, when you've got a full moon, there's some pe- peculiar things that goes on, right, that you just can't explain. The Holy Spirit's like that, right? When we get, a, we get full of the Holy Spirit, you try to explain some of the stuff that's going on to the world, they just don't understand that. They just don't understand that. Sometimes the moon is not a full moon. Sometimes it's just a partial moon. And you're not going to get as much light from it, but it's still the moon. It's still the Holy Spirit. It's still working our lives. It's still trying to guide our lives. And that's what we need to understand. That's what he's trying to show us here is that we've got to learn to trust in him, not the world. He has to be our light. He has to be our light. Have you saw the light yet? I'm not talking about when you got saved. I'm talking about as an adult. Have you learned to fully put your trust in him in everything in your life? Not put your trust in the herd. Not put your trust in the world. But put your trust in Jesus Christ. What's that look like? That looks like when you get up in the morning, He's the first one that you're talking to. Because you know He's the one that controls the whole day. You're not pulling out your phone to look at the Facebook or you're not pulling out your phone to look at the weather or look at the news because when you do that, you're actually looking to see what's going to control your day. Oh, this has happened. Oh, man, I can't believe this has happened. 
See, you get to decide who's going to control your day. Before you get any of that stuff out, you need to be looking to Him first. That's what He likes. That's what He will bless. He knows that He is your source when you do that. And I serve a jealous God. I serve a God that wants to be known that you love Him. I serve a God that deserves to have His glory known in your life. And He wants you to proclaim that. See, I, I keep seeing that. And I told you enough. All the good things come in threes, right? So he said, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. Peter, we know that he denied him three times. I don't know about y'all, but when I, was in, uh, when I was a kid in the house, my dad just didn't give me one whooping. He whooped me up my butt three times. And by the third time, then I knew he meant business. That's the way it got my attention by that third time. So there's something else here that God wants you to see if you really want to see the light in your life. If you really want to see the light in your life, we say, where's it at, brother? Where's it at? Well, we actually got to keep going a little bit farther. A little bit farther. So keep turning with me. And let's look in verse 20. It says, Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following which also leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Now that's a nice way in the Bible of he just got his butt whooped is what he did. Jesus just put him in his place and he said, It ain't none of your business what I do with him. You need to keep your eyes focused on me. We need to hear that a little bit more today. If Jesus was here and talking to us in an audible voice, I believe that he would tell us that. He would look at you straight and he said, You don't need to be worrying about all this stuff that's going on out here that you can't control anyways. You need to be looking to me. I'm the one in control. Because when you start looking over there and getting all tore up, what you're telling me is I'm not your source. That's what he's saying is I'm not your source. So what is he really saying here? You're saying, well, brother, I don't get it. You're saying that he's telling, he's talking about John. Here's what Jesus is trying to say. He's saying that if you want to see the light, you've got to love me more than yourself. Now, where's that at? Because we was talking about John, right? Not himself. See, John wasn't the real problem. John wasn't the real problem. The problem was is that Peter was jealous of John. That's what Peter was worried about. Peter wasn't worried about John and what John's really job was supposed to do. He wasn't being a, a good leader here and thinking, okay, I've got to worry about... No, he wasn't doing none of that stuff. He was worried about John looking better than him. He was worried about having to do more work than John was having to do. See, what Jesus is trying to tell you here that if you want to see the light, if you want to really be a follower of Jesus Christ, then you're going to have to love Jesus more than you love yourself. And that's the hardest one to do out of all three of these. Because right before that, he's, Peter still hadn't saw the light up until this point. You know, I can talk to you all day about loving Jesus more than the herd. I can talk to you all day about loving Jesus more than the world. But when Jesus says that you've got to love me more than you love yourself, now we're getting serious. Now we're getting serious. Now you've got to really do some, this is some soul stuff here, some gut, chucking, gut checking here for you to be able to do. And, and this is the heart of Peter. This is the heart of all the disciples, the one that our Gospels rely on. They, weren't, they were just dirty, rotten Christians. And if you want to look back in Luke, 
You can see that in, you can go back and find it in Luke 9 and Luke 22. Twice they were arguing about which one the greatest was. That's what, that's what they were concerned about. Jesus was trying to have a serious conversation with them. And they were talking about which one was going to be the greatest. Which one's going to be, be able to sit closer to Jesus up on the throne. That's me and you. We're not worried about the serious stuff of lost souls all around us dying. All we're worried about is, is are we going to have a good service Sunday? Are we going to be able to be blessed with the Holy Spirit? Are we going to be able to feel good? Are we going to be able to have that great service that we can go out and tell everybody, oh, it was good to be here, it was good to be at Bethel, oh, I felt the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus says. you don't need to be worried about all that. That's the stuff I will give you if you focus on the right things. If you focus on the important things, then all that stuff will come. If you focus on souls are dying every single day and going to hell and carry that around in your heart, instead of carrying around your own selfish pride in your heart, then Jesus can work in your life. That's rough stuff, ain't it? That's rough stuff. That's hard to swallow. That's why Peter was a special man. That's why Peter had a special calling. You think you're better than Peter? You ain't no better than Peter. You wouldn't have passed the test any better than Peter. None of us are any better than Peter. And look at all he went through. But finally, finally here I believe with all my heart that he got it. He got it. You know, in this last one I wrote down that we were not called to fix the world we were called to fix our world. That's what he wants you to do is to fix yourself. And by doing so, then you're going to fix other people. See, a lot of people have got this all mixed up. They think that a preacher and these disciples, they were all mixed up. Who's the greatest? What they were focused on was leadership. We like to think that being a Christian is being a good leader. Well, that makes sense, right? You want a Christian to be a good leader. But to be a good Christian is not to be a good leader. To be a good Christian is to be a good follower. That is what being a Christian is. See, all these people, all they were, they was just, Peter was just the lead sheep is all he was. He wouldn't know better than any of the rest of them. He was just a lead sheep. He was the one that they looked to. He was the lead sheep, but he wasn't any better than any of the rest of them. And we've got to understand that that's what we're supposed to do. What are we following? We're following Jesus. That's what he said, right? He said, follow me. Feed my sheep. We're supposed to be keeping our eyes on one thing, and that's Jesus Christ. And feeding ourselves with His Word. And if we do that, then we will be a good leader. You'll be able to look back and you'll be able to see some other people following you. You'll be able to look back a few generations and you'll be able to see your kids growing up in church and living for the Lord and coming and bowing at the altar. You'll be able to see some good fruits of that, but not if you're walking like this the whole time. You've got to keep your eyes focused on Jesus. God didn't call you to be a good leader. He called you to be a good follower. Oh, I wish I could get this message into your hearts the way that Jesus gave it to me. It seems like you never can. But Jesus is speaking not just to Peter in these verses, but He's speaking to the church. Peter was the foundation of the church. He's telling you that in order for you to be the church that I want you to be, you're going to have to love me more than you love the church, the herd. You're going to have to love me more than what you care about what the world thinks about you. 
In order to be the church that I want you to be, you're going to have to love me more than the pride that you have in your hearts of Bethel Independent Baptist Church. You've got to be part of the church, not just this church. You need to genuinely care and you need to rejoice when you hear somebody else get six souls saved in another church. You need to say amen and not in your heart be jealous. Well, man, when's the last time we had six people saved in this church? Is that not what we do? Because we're worried more worried about ourselves and our own image than we are about the kingdom of God. Amen. That's the truth. That's the cold, hard truth. Peter's life changed after this day when he finally saw the light. I don't see the light like I want to see the light yet. And I'm a preacher. I'm going to be chasing this light for the rest of my life. But I'm following that light. I'm trying to get closer. How are you trying to get closer? I'm feeding myself. I'm feeding myself with God's Word. I'm feeding myself with, uh, you know, that's what we're supposed to do. That's what He called Him to do, and I'm done. But that's what He called Peter to do. He says, okay, Lord, I see the light. Now what do you want me to do? Well, He tells him three things right here. He says, come and dine. That's in verse 12. He says, feed my sheep. We see that three times. And he says, follow me. All those things have to do with Jesus. All those things have to do with His Word. His Word needs to be the focus of our life. And not just, we're not, we see feed my sheep and we think that we're just supposed to cram God's Word down people's throat. And we are supposed to do that. But you know there's other way to feed people? God's called us to feed people in a lot of different ways. You feed somebody by... Do you know that I find it interesting that when Jesus come into a town... And I'm trying to finish. Zeb, I'm trying to finish up up here, okay? All right. When Jesus come into a town to try to help somebody, and He went up to a sinner, and they needed help, and they said, Jesus, I'm blind, I can't see. He didn't go up to them, and He didn't say, All right, if I do this... I want you to start living for me. I want you to go and tell me all your sins. I want you to tell me everything that you've done bad. I want you to promise me that you're going to be in the synagogue every single day. I want you to do this, 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 and this, and this. That's not the way Jesus worked. What Jesus did is he went in and he gave them some natural help. And once he gave them the natural help, they were interested in the spiritual help. Sometimes that's what we need to do as a church is we need to go out and we need to help people. We need to show God's love with no strings attached and all of a sudden they're going to get a craving for God's Word. They're going to get a craving for God's love. They're going to see something's different about this way and then they're going to want to come. It's a whole lot easier when they're coming instead of having to drag them here, ain't it? Nobody likes to drag anybody to church. Let's show God's love. Let's feed them with God's love and then they'll want to keep coming back for more. That's God's way. That's the kingdom way. Pray with me. Lord, thank you for your word. What a powerful word it is, Lord. And there's so much more that we've not dug out of here. But man, Lord, your, your word is powerful and alive today in our lives. I hope that somebody here today wants to be more for you than what they are right now. I hope that somebody here today wants to see the light, Lord. That somebody wants to follow the light, Lord. Lord, you deserve that from us. And we want to give it to you, Lord. We're here to serve you and to look to you. Help us to do that, Lord, because we're weak. Our spirit is strong. Lord, we want to serve you, but our flesh is weak. We need your help.
Help us tonight, Lord. Thank you for this word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.